Welcome to the Psychic Podcast. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, I've been listening to some more podcasts and I was thinking, oh, I love to talk on end about things. That's kind of what Twitch was about. But Twitch is a, it's hard to schedule for me sometimes. So um, I figured, why not? Why not give this a shot? I'm using a program called Anchor. Uh, it's a free app. You can download it and you just use it um, to record your podcast straight from your phone or you can um, use it through any other kind of medium and device if you want to use a mic or headphones or anything like that. And basically, uh, you can record, edit, and then it'll distribute your podcast to all the uh, pertinent uh, places. And then, in theory, if you're good enough and popular enough, you can get paid. So... I have never done a podcast. I don't listen to many. I don't know the formatting of them. Um, But the few I have listened to give me kind of a gist of what to do. So this podcast would mostly be me talking on length about video games, pop culture news and pop culture in general, um, movies, uh, music, specifically rap, and a handful of other things that come to mind. Just kind of free-flowing off the top of the dome, if you will. Uh, So yeah, I I really like uh, talking at end's length, but I don't know. I don't know the art of podcasting, you know. So my first topic for today is uh, Modern Warfare. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Just released technically today, but... If we're going to be real with ourselves, it released yesterday in the U.S. uh, at 9 p.m. on Thursday Eastern, but I'm in Cali, so 6 p.m. here. And uh, I played for about, oh, I'd say three hours. I I played three hours worth of the game, um, about two and a half hours of the, uh, about two hours of the campaign, and an hour of um, uh, multiplayer. And my first impressions are... It's really good. It's really, really good. Not only are the graphics just out of this world, which is incredible considering the fact that we haven't had a huge graphics boost, like a huge jump in graphic fidelity in Call of Duty in a long, long friggin' time. I would say almost 10 years. Of course, they've had incremental growth, but never... Never this big. It's so big to the point where I'm thinking, how are they going to do it for the next generation? Are they going to keep with this engine or are they going to jump a little more, you know? Um, Gameplay-wise, gameplay mechanics, gunplay, movement, uh, you know, it, it's it's really... It feels realistic. It feels tactical. It It feels like the Call of Duty I've always wanted. So... You couple that with the incredible sound effects, the sweeping musical score, the intense, intense combat to the point where there is a there is a moment in um, the house cleaning raid that IGN was uh, got their panties up in a bunch about. I'm not going to say it's the most disturbing thing I've ever heard or seen, but I will say it it was it was a little it was a little uncomfortable. At times, at times, the, this game is uncomfortable. I mean, you, you see some stuff that that is real war, but that is also just like, huh, how, did they, how are they allowed to show this? And 
should I be watching this? <laughs> you know, you, you kind of feel bad at a certain point. Um, but, but it's a really good game. I've, I've been, see, the thing about me is I have always wanted a military shooter for the masses that is tactical and realistic and still balances fun. And I think Rainbow Six does that beautifully. Now, of course, they've kind of gone off the beaten path a little bit in terms of its realism and tactics with these more sci-fi gadgets. That being said, it's still a really fun game, and it still is grounded in its core mechanics of tactical insertion. So I, I love that game. And so Call of Duty Modern Warfare's campaign with its incredible mocap with uh, Barry Sloan starring, and um, it, I'm just... I'm just absolutely blown away that not only am I liking this game, but it's not any other Call of Duty campaign you've ever played before. Now, I'm not going to go into heavy spoilers or anything in terms of the plot points and the things you may see or do. I'll just try to be as general as possible, but it's incredible that when you jump in the game, yeah, you're following people. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty linear, you know, pretty linear um, campaign. You know, you're going from point A to point B with with seamless transition. Um, and there's some open spaces to kind of get in, get around and tactically use to your advantage. But it's not a it's not a Sekiro game. It's not a Red Dead game, of course. It hasn't changed the formula that much. But it's not. This is the guy in front of you with a little green letter. Run and follow him. He'll tell you everything you need to do they'll help you you'll have some comms you'll still follow people you'll still follow a squad you'll still know who's who but when shit hits the fan and combat starts especially when there's civilians in the crossfire you don't actually know exactly what you're shooting at all the time the enemies are not clearly highlighted all the time of course unless they're shooting at you um and in certain points places and storylines in the campaign you will have civilians try to pick up the guns and shoot you so you have a split second to really decide do i shoot them in the arm because i believe i've done it a couple times where you could shoot someone in a certain limb and they're just hurt they're incapacitated and they won't attack you do you shoot them in the leg or the arm or wherever so you don't kill them or do you kill them so you don't die and I like that. I mean, I don't like that. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I enjoy killing. But in a game, it is, uh, it is you know, fiction. And, 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 I enjoy, and I enjoy action games, and they tend to be more violent. Um, so when, when you see that, it just adds a layer of complexity that no one's really used to in COD. You just run in, in the previous campaigns, not all of them, but in a handful of them, you run... You follow this person to this objective, you do that objective, you shoot a few people, you protect this, you attack that, and, you know, there's no casualties of war in a civilian crossfire. There's no... And it's weird because you, if you still shoot a completely innocent civilian, it, it'll say civilians not... You know, you're not allowed to kill civilians. You have to start over from the checkpoint. I guarantee you that's because if they allowed that, Activision would get sued. <laughs> the government would come after the game heavy. So, um, 
So yeah, but but there are moments where you have to figure out if that civilian is going to turn against you. And once they do, the rules of engagement flip and they become an enemy combatant. And you only have a half a second to react. I like that complexity in the in the minute-to-minute gameplay. I also have to say, massive improvement on the AI. Now, once again, I'm mostly talking about campaign because I only played an hour of multiplayer. So I don't really have a... Uh, I have some impressions on it, what, which I'll go over, but I don't have a clear... Um, indication of everything because I, I wasn't able to get really sink my teeth in it. Uh, but anyway, the AI, enemy combatant AI in uh, the campaign. Now I'm playing on regular. I thought about doing hardened, but I figured, you know what? I don't know the maps. I don't know the gameplay loop. I don't know, you know, all the mechanics that'll be in play. Let me go with regular for now. And then I, I was pretty sure I'll like it enough. I'll come back at, at a hardened level. Um, Especially since I'm not great at COD, but I turn off aim assist. I, I try to make myself. I try to make it as realistic as you know as you can through a video game. So it, it's incredible. It, it really is with the graphics and the gameplay and the mechanics of it all going off. The sound effects, the the intensity, the sheer minute to minute intensity, is. Something I've never gotten for... I don't think I've ever gotten it from a Call of Duty game. The most... There have been in very intense moments, specifically Black Ops 2 campaign, from what I can recall, and some MW3 campaign moments, and of course the original Modern Warfare, but even then it still felt like you're doing a blockbuster. And don't get me wrong, there are times where you feel like you're doing a blockbuster here, but more so instead of doing a Michael Bay blockbuster, you've it feels like you're you're taking part in the films like Black Hawk Down, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, a handful of other uh, military shows and films like SEAL Team 6 and... or SEAL Team, sorry, and the and the separate show that was canceled after the second season, unfortunately, 6, uh, by History Channel. Which The reason why I mention 6 as the TV show and why it's important is because it's... Um, it the main captain in it or one no nah, I don't know if he's the captain I don't remember I get my military shows mixed up Barry Sloan the actor who plays one of the main characters in that show is Captain Price in this game so there's a little fun fact trivia for you if you didn't know so anyway um I think I'm four or five missions into it now I, I believe I am and um maybe six it's intense i've seen some things i I, i've experienced some things graphics gameplay sound design and now also i started it pretty late at night i have narcolepsy so you know if i do something late at night or early in the morning my brain's a little little foggy so i may not remember things as clearly and or it may not hit me fully i'm just kind of you know a little just kind of hovering now that being said it wasn't too late when i played it so um, not to say I didn't remember anything. I mean, uh, I, you know, I really just, as I'm playing this game and I, I like Call of Duty. I really do. And I really like campaigns of Call of Duty because I'm a film guy. So I like that cinematic flair. I don't love the blockbuster. And as I've grown older, I've really liked the more realistic approach. And this is really checking off these boxes for me. Cinematic, realistic, intense gameplay really immerses you. I mean, I I couldn't be asking for more in the campaign. And from what I've heard and what I've read, it's interesting. The reviews are saying that this campaign is kind of mixed. So far, 
right? Not many people finished it, but um, it's only mixed on the sense that no one's saying it's poorly done. Some people are saying the pacing gets a little weird here and there, as all stories do. But more importantly, they're saying it gets really uncomfortable to play. And And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, that's the point of art. At its truest form sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, art is meant to push you in ways you didn't expect. And therefore, when you're being pushed, you're learning a new perspective. And I believe that's what art's all about. That's what I try to do with my films and my music. So I like that Call of Duty's not just saying, oh, well, you shoot this guy and you move on and everything's going to be okay. I like that they're not doing that. I like that they're saying, if you shoot this person, first of all, you're shooting a person. Don't forget that. Don't ever forget you're shooting a person. Now, it's a little different when you're shooting an enemy combatant because it's just kind of instinctual. I mean, it's still Call of Duty at its core. I'm not saying that it's so slow and that, like, every time you drop a body, you have to look at it and it gives you, like, 30 seconds of pause. No, I'm not saying that. You shoot people and you move on. But there's something about it, and I believe partially the graphics are so much more realistic where it does feel like you're shooting a real person. From what what I know, I've never shot a real person. So I can't always definitively say, this is what military is like. I feel like the only people that can say that are those who've experienced the combat on the front lines. Um, and I always wonder that, um, as a side note, I always wonder how... Uh, real soldiers, uh, specifically American soldiers, because that's what I'm familiar with, how they interpret it. I know a lot of them go to military films because it really pays tribute, and 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 they deserve that. I mean, the soldiers go through so much in their life, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, and they sacrifice their well-being uh, for us, even if they survive. They're not the same, and and for that, their their amount of sacrifice is unparamount, and. Um, should always be respected, uh, no matter the art form. Of course, unless they're doing some heinous war crime. But, um, so I, I've always been curious, how does this, these kinds of games, like Call of Duty, like Battlefield, like, you know, whatever, how does it affect them? And not to say, oh, it stirs up emotions, they can't play it. I don't know that. It may for some, it may not for others. They may, some may love it, some may hate it, some may think it's an accurate depiction of what they went through, some may think it's a Michael Bay blockbuster film. To each their own. But I just want to know, specifically for this game, since it's really hitting more on a realistic level, how, how some of these uh, veterans and our, and our maybe currently deployed soldiers are taking it. Um, and if they are taking it. And if uh, the general mind state of uh, the military, the American military, is just like, you know what? Just let people enjoy their Call of Duty. Just realize that they don't really know what it's like. You know, I, I just don't know. And so I'm just curious on how that works because I've always wanted to, to find that out. And it's hard to find that out. And I understand that a lot of people don't want to talk about it, and I respect that. So I've just always been intrigued on the idea of how do how do real real soldiers that have been through this and have been through way worse stuff that could never be depicted in cinema and or in a video game, what have they really gone through? I've read some of the books, and and from what I've heard, it's it, it's terrifying. It's some of the worst things a, a human can endure. So I just wanted to know how that really plays in. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, from, so from what I know, from what I know of doing research on the military, um, and, and from watching these films, and I'm not a 
you know, I'm not a military nut. I, I can't name everything. I just like the, you know, I just like to uh, delve deeper into certain things I'm interested in. And so at a young age, I was interested in the military and interested in uh, war films specifically and action films because I'm a film guy at the end of the day. Don't forget that. And uh, I really liked Call of Duty when I first played it. So I knew it wasn't realistic, and I and I and so I didn't want to be one of those kids that went around and said, "Oh my God, Call of Duty!" or "Oh my God, this movie! This is what you guys went through." Because I see that, and it's just like I understand that it may be very close, and it may have been a real, real like ninety nine percent accurate retelling or an account of something. But I also understand that each person experiences something differently. So I would never want to go out and say that. But I also would never want to denigrate the product for its authenticity. So it's a fine line to balance when we're talking about war games and war films. And so I try to pack my cranium with so much knowledge on it and to really kind of understand it to the best of my ability. And so by doing that, um, I've been able to appreciate some of these things more to understand uh, that uh, that it makes sense that when you put on a night vision goggle, you can't see down sight. These things are freaking huge, you know, and relatively heavy. That you're going to move slower. That the rules of engagement are a real thing. That you can't just shoot willy-nilly and pray that, you know, your lawyers can figure it out. No, that's called a war crime at that point. That you can't use tear gas in certain circumstances because of the Geneva Convention. So anyway, I, I just find that really interesting. Now, I am going from – the things I'll say is all from the top of my head. And I try to be as accurate as I can, but I don't have a factual sheet next to me if I will. So if I, if I get something wrong, such as that tear gas Geneva Convention, I read that a while ago that that was one of the main – the big proponents of something they outlawed. I don't know if that's changed over time, but from my knowledge, I know that it is – uh, outlawed in in wartime affair, uh, but if you know any better, let me know because I'd love to to learn more, and I'll have to look it up after this. I guess because uh, I hope I'm not saying the wrong things here. But anyway, I, I just I've always found it really intriguing on how how do you make a game that is simultaneously fun for everybody, and it's hard to say that it's hard to compartmentalize the fact that killing people is a fun pastime. But I try to say in the same sense of um, watching a film, it's just a, it's a way to immerse yourself in a different scenario. And the, nation, the notion of escapism is fun in itself. I don't think anyone will ever go out and say, yeah, shooting people is a fun thing to do. I don't think anybody that really do it in a realistic sense that actually have to do that, whether it's military or SWAT or whatever. Um, but especially kids, I don't think kids would ever say, yeah, yeah, shooting, I love shooting people in video games. I don't think that's the concept of it. I think the fact that we are in a society where that's more acceptable to do, so we're just used to it, but then that's a really, really extreme sense of escapism, and it works. To be in the boots of a Navy SEAL breaking into a compound at the dead of night using night vision goggles, tilt well, not Navy SEAL, SAS, my bad, tilting over your, your gun at a 45-degree angle and dropping enemies quietly in the dark. Instead of doing schoolwork, yeah, no, that's more fun, right? So it's that contrast that we have. It's not necessarily the act of killing. 
And that's what I try to explain to people who may not understand it. And I understand why they don't, because they, they may not have played it. They may not have read into it. They may not have experienced it in terms of video games. So, you know, <laughs> so if I, if you tell someone, oh, yeah, I love Call of Duty. And they're like, well, that's just shooting people. How could you possibly like that? Well, it's like, yeah, it, it is shooting people and it's not the greatest thing. But it, and concepts and mechanics of it can be fun, especially online. But... Yeah, we are desensitized. It's not so much that you're just shooting people. It's that you're partaking in an action event. Something grander than yourself. Those are the stories, the themes, the, the ideas that connect people and make them want to change or, or break out of something. Because it breaks out of monotony. Just like Star Wars. Watching Luke Skywalker and his story. Watching him be just a regular farm boy in a boring, monotonous life. And then being called into a into a fantasy world that he never knew of and him being royal blood. The reason that connects to us is because all people at one point in their life feel like him. Feel like this is not just all that I have to go through. There's something more to life. And I feel like that's an important thing for entertainment medium that it really can hit on. And I think that's also why, to to go off a little track here, which I'm really good at doing... I think that's also why Marvel, well, we'll go with Marvel, Avengers, is so beloved. Not only is it extremely well done from a filmmaking standpoint, and not only is it entertaining and really well written and interlaced stories, and not only is it a globally massive successful community of people getting together and specifically comic nerds and and people who have for the majority of pop culture society have been frowned upon for being these weird people that like to read cartoon illustrations right not only are they able to come together and band under one gratifying and immersive entertainment film experience but for people who don't know it, or for people who just are okay with it and aren't as into Marvel Comics, it's escapism at its truest form. And each hero that we hone in on has a relatable characteristic of being a regular human being. And that's really, really, really difficult to write. It may not seem difficult to write because we are all humans and a human had to write it. But let me tell you, I've written films. It's tricky. It's really tricky to write a character that not only is regular and average and relatable in some senses from an emotional, mental, or uh, personal experience, but that is also able to transcend the norms, the conformity, the monotony, and become the superhero. Whether they're literally becoming a superhero and donning the mask, the cape, the, the cat suit. And I'm referencing Black Panther, not Catwoman. <laughs> the vibranium suit. Not only are they donning that and taking on this heroic figure, but they're also, that, that can go for any character. Let's take The Office, for example. Jim Halpert. A regular, boring, I mean, he was literally writ, written to be the most monotonous, structured human in The Office. With his freaking single sandwich on white bread, plain white bread, every day. Never being able to break out of the habit. But then he finds love. And then he moves on and he tends to grow. And you watch him over time grow and experience new things. And he becomes a father. And he becomes 
this really great employee and this great husband and father and you see this dynamic. And it goes with Pam too. And the reason that's so popular, that, that relationship, is because it's so real. It's so, so real, but yet it still takes that emotional connectivity, that relation that you may have with the character. Oh, I've been through that. I've been in a workplace or I've been in a monotonous environment and I've wanted to just keep eating the same thing every day. It takes that character and it says, listen, if you're that character, you can grow out of it. You can adapt. You can. And through Jim Halpert's sense, it was to find love and to make a family and to be happy within himself and with his family. Because in the beginning, he wasn't happy because all he did was work and he was uh, alone, right? That's a hero. That's the arc of a hero at its simplest form. So whether you're donning a cape, whether you're Jim Halpert, or whether you're Captain Price on the SAS, that's the stories we relate to. And so I feel like, yes, it's uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is an incredible sense of escapism and not just the art form of killing for killing's sake. And that, that's what I got for the Call of Duty campaign so far. It's, it's well built. Graphics are incredible. Gameplay mechanics are smooth, tactical, realistic. It's great escapism, and it's a really intriguing story. That's my two to three hour gameplay first impressions. For multiplayer, I played about an hour, and I really enjoyed it. I played uh, Gunfight, um, played regular Team Deathmatch, I played Search and Destroy, and I played one round of uh, Realism. I think I like Realism the most because it eliminates the HUD, it eliminates the clutter, and even though people still go fast, it slows things down, and I like slower, more tactical gameplay. Um, the shooting, the gameplay mechanics are smooth. I don't know. The whole time I was playing it, it could have been because I was tired. It felt like ghosts. It really felt like ghosts at certain points with the map design, the the color palette, the creation. It was really, really, it it was interesting. It it felt like ghosts. I'm not going to lie at at points, not the whole time. And I know I wasn't playing many... Large, I wasn't playing Ground War, and I wasn't, you know... So I was playing maybe maybe 20v20 and maybe 10v10 at certain points. Um, and I was playing a 6v6, of course. So I wasn't playing these massive lobbies. But there's something about certain multiplayer games that I... that There's that feeling of scale in terms of population and intensity that I didn't quite hit yet, and... I feel like that's a thing with Call of Duty for me that's always been sorely lacking, and I was hoping that would be fixed. Now I have to try Ground War because I feel like that will address that issue because that is 32v32, I believe, with vehicle combat and full out. Like That will be the gameplay to fulfill that this is a big game because when I played Modern, even when I played Modern Warfare 3 and Black Ops 2, though they didn't have large multiplayer lobbies, they were... And it was because of what I knew. I mean, they were breaking every record. It was Global Sphere. All my friends were playing it. So it was a different time, and I realized that. You saw the lines in GameStop. It felt like a global phenomenon, and it was. And this does not feel like that. And I don't know why. I feel like sometimes I'm the only person that knows this game released. That being said, I'm not. And it will probably be one of the higher-grossing Call of Duty games. And that's because it's a digital release. 
but they do have crossplay integrated, so you can play with PC and PS4 alike, all interconnected, which is incredible. And it seems to be a really fast and efficient system. And um, so, yeah, it's not to say it's not a big game at all and that it hasn't sold well. We don't know the sale figures, but um, it just feels like in certain game lobbies, it just feels like, you know, only 200 people know about the game. And I don't know how you address that. And I know that some of these game modes are not meant for that. But Battlefield, no matter what game mode you are playing, specifically if I'm hearkening back to Battlefield 1, because that's the one I played the most, that in Battlefield 4. Um, and I love the Battlefield series. I never got 5, because it was when it came out, it was kind of in a rough state, and there were some other games I wanted, so I was going to wait until it's massively approved, and it seems like it has. So anyway, um, Battlefield, no matter how many, no matter how big the gameplay even if you're playing a smaller game mode, it felt massive. It felt in-depth. And I think that's something DICE can really do well. Better than any other multiplayer. I mean, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes, it had all of its shit in initial, but if you go back and play it now, it's tremendously better. The Really, actually, extremely fun. I never... I had issues with microtransactions and these terrible progression problems with Battlefront 2, but... When I was playing it, I was like, okay, I can I can get past that. I don't have to have all these characters. But it's like, I just don't like the gameplay very much. I mean, the gameplay, the sounds, the effects, all that is good. It's solid. The shooting mechanics are great. But it's just like, there's no, there's not that, that itch to come back. There's not that loop of like, oh my god, you know? Rainbow Six has had that loop with on, it, forever. Since it started, I've had that loop. And I will always come back to Rainbow Six in some way or another. I don't know what it is. It just has that loop for me. Battlefront 2 never had that loop, but I started playing it a couple months ago, and it, it's improved so much, and I don't know what they improved, but that loop mechanic of wanting to come come back and play for more and achieve to do better has hit me. So I, I like that. I don't know where Call of Duty is in on that yet, but Battlefield 1 was definitely that. And it was this large, grandiose scale, and it was a huge combat scenario field, even if you're playing smaller game modes. And then through and with all that going on, even if you weren't great at first-person shooters or great at the game, you still somehow managed to do well. And I think that's just the atmosphere and the pacing of Battlefield. It's a little slower. It's grand, so you won't get spawn killed as often. It, it feels more like a war. An, a more fun version of a war ca war simulator. Whereas Call of Duty is more towards the arcade side. But Call of Duty in this game seems to be taking a step closer to the realism that Battlefield does. And I appreciate that. Because Battlefield apparently hasn't been hitting their marks. And I'm praying that after this Battlefield 5 contents uh, is, you know, pipeline is up. That they release the next Battlefield that will blow people's brains away. That's what this Modern Warfare was about. I don't know the the general census of it, but I know I'm liking it. But yeah, I'm hoping that Battlefield does it. Makes a huge comeback as well because there's no reason not to like these two titans of first-person shooter industries. There's also no reason to uh, ignore others that want to come into the mix, like Rainbow Six. There's always a space and a time, and, a, and there's always someone who wants to play these kinds of games. It would be really cool is if you crossed over Call of Duty and Battlefield, made it one mega game, <laughs> combined both of their modern warfare aspects. So if we had a new Battlefield 
four three like kind of game that was all modern warfare and we kept this new modern warfare and you intersplice the maps the gameplay the creations and had crossplay through both games holy god could you imagine that scale anyway yeah so battlefield always had that amazing balance of you could do well even if you weren't doing the best on the team even if you're doing the worst on the team you still got like maybe 20 kills and only 10 deaths or something you still did adequately good you felt good about it the gameplay was always good the graphics were incredible and the scale of it felt like you were in a combat zone if you had your headphones on especially for battlefield one i literally have probably pooped myself three or four times playing that game Modern Warfare, I'm not sure yet. I can't say definitively. I haven't played Ground War. I haven't played uh, too much of the realism modes, which I feel like those two will harken back to what I like more because I don't love the really intense, fast gun running gun where I'm like, okay, let me get my bearings, let me get my sights set up, boom, and I'm dead. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm, I'm loving the game so far. To see, you know, uh, there's no microtransactions yet. Other than that season pass horseshit. I pray to God they don't add supply drops. I pray that they add some old classic maps. Um, they add new maps. They add new guns. New gameplay modes. Permanent gameplay modes and mechanics. And they grow and improve this game. And make it a true service game. And hell, I would be okay if they kept this game as a service game for as long as Rainbow has. The graphics are such a big jump. The gameplay mechanics, the overall overhaul in this game is such a big and drastic improvement and jump that you can keep this game going into the next-gen cycle and that you can keep updating it and keep improving it. I mean, remember, Rainbow is built in 2015 and it still plans to stay around for the next-gen cycle and they have improved update. They have improved the game so much and they've improved it with graphic fidelity as well. Whether or not you're aware of it, they've done it. If you go back and watch the 2015 gameplay and watch this 2019 gameplay, the graphics are dramatically different. So, I'd be perfectly fine if Infinity Ward never made another Call of Duty game for the next five years. And just improved this to their heart's content while minimizing microtransactions, if not eliminating them. And not just to pump this game full of content and useless content, to, to make more, to roll out these plans that they probably have to expand it. New spec up missions, new gameplay multiplayer maps, new guns, new progress mechanics, new gameplay modes, events, and permanent. All that stuff would be great. So anyway, that's my general three to four hour gameplay impressions, first impressions on Modern Warfare, with a few little tidbits of information here and there on military uh, general game knowledge, such as Battlefront 2 and Battlefield. And um, this is my first psychic podcast in terms of talking on the content of video games and specifically the release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. Um, of course, um, if this, if I ever, you know, if, if I go into this more and do start doing podcasts more often, which I'd like to do so I could talk 30 minutes on length without any real distractions or restrictions, um, I'd love to do that, and so if I if I continue this, we'll be talking about movies, video games, pop culture news, general news, a little politics, a little science, a little factual stuff here and there. I don't want to dumb everything down. I want to keep it real with you guys, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Star Wars is coming up. A lot of Star Wars stuff. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, if you don't know. Huge Star Wars fan. Probably, like, if, you know, if you have to pick one franchise 
out of the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the Star Treks, the everything, you know, all these f- massive franchises in terms of films and televisions and pop culture in general, Star Wars is the one for me. I could lose all that other stuff and it hurt like a son of a bitch. I love Harry Potter and I love Lord of the Rings. I love them all, uh, Star Trek, but... But if if I lost them all but could keep my Star Wars, I'd be I'd be perfectly adequate with life. So, um, yeah, we got we got uh, what's it? Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's a mouthful. I'm really excited for that. Really excited for that. This that game Modern Warfare are my two biggest hyped for games for the rest of this year of 2019 because it looks like Sekiro which has been one of my favorite games though really difficult and I've only played like I played like 38 20 20 20 to 30 hours of it but I'm terrible terrible at it so I'm only maybe about 45 to 50 percent through the majority of the gameplay um because I'm so bad at it and it causes so much emotional turmoil that sometimes it's just like do I want to put myself through that but I'd really love Sekiro Really, it's my favorite from software game. The gameplay, the balancing, everything. It's as hard, it's the most difficult fucking game you'll ever play. But it's also not unfair at any point. And I like that. Uh, so Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order is taking that. And as I was playing Sekiro, I'm like, these new Star Wars games, someone needs to make a Jedi game. From software, even. Make a, if they if you want, a PG-13 game with the same mechanics of Sekiro. And exactly, Jedi Fallen Order looks like that. The reviews, the gameplay impressions, the map design, they say, has some puzzles. But other than that, it's open world, open map levels, right? And that's what Sekiro is. And I think that's a better way of doing than just a sprawling open world for certain games, for certain games. So, um, and they say the lightsaber mechanics is kind of like, they said we're taking pages from Sekiro. And I almost lost my shit when they said that. So, in the developer interview. So, I'm excited for that game. Really excited because I'm a Star Wars fan. It's going to be canon. It looks great. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I am skeptical as hell. But I'm praying to God that this will be the best Star Wars Jedi single player story game. No online, no microtransactions game we'll ever get. And I hope that this will set a precedent to start making more games like this. Um, so that's Star Wars, and then we got Rise of Skywalker coming out, which we'll be talking about a lot. And we got so many more things coming towards the end of this year, towards holiday. Um, that's when shit starts picking up for pop culture in terms of big movies and big games. So I'm terribly excited. Uh, that sounded weird. I am very excited for all this new content to be starting another thing, as if rapping, writing films, writing a stand-up routine, and by rapping, I mean I'm writing 11 songs, doing extra verses, freestyling, and by films, I'm writing, I've written one short film that I'm going to start going into pre-production, and like 45 other film ideas, and three other films I'm writing, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, got my hands very full so the fact that i could even possibly do this on top of twitch streaming is honestly i don't understand it but it is what it is and uh we'll see how this goes keep in mind i am recording this through my phone i just wanted to give it a try and when i do i just kind of talk on end um i don't know anything about podcasts so this is psychic's first podcast i may be using my microphone for future we'll see I may not just do this. I may not release it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know who would be interested or who would listen, but I feel like there is a group of people that will want to listen. And for me, I like to just voice my thoughts unfiltered because I do that with Snapchat and it takes like 500 videos to get that through because it's only one minute. So it's ridiculous. Anyway, thank you all so much. Um, I'm liking this. I hope you are too. Uh, And uh, follow me on Instagram, psychic34, all lowercase. And uh, I'll see you all later. Welcome to Psychic's Podcast. Thank you.